We're starting from the Mishnah, three lines down. What happens if an ox of a regular person with das, with intellect, gores the ox that belongs to a deaf mute person with, who is deranged or a person who is a minor? Uh, these are people who don't have any uh, capacity of das. What's the halacha chayv? The owner is still liable because things can still be owned by a chayv Even though they don't have das, they're still capable of ownership. Something that is in their reshut belongs to them. Something that, let's say they inherit belongs to them. So therefore, um, even though they can't make sales or something like that halachically, but they still could own things. So if their property gets damaged, then the owner or the person who damaged them would be liable. However, the inverse, if the ox of the does the damage, the owner is exempt. There's a p'tor that they have. They don't have to pay for the damage that they're um, that their anim- that their animals do. Now, there's a big question about what exactly the pshat is. It could be simply that they're not. There's no responsibility on them. There's no guilt on them for what for for a lack of watching. It could be that's the pshat. Seems to be all the rishonim seem to understand that they're excluded from the word array ehu, and maybe that's the p'tur. And uh, actually, there's actually an interesting discussion. It comes up on Purim whether or not they're included in the word of Re'eu. Could you give Mishlach Manos Ish Re'eu? Are you able to give that to a Katan? May have people try to bring some sources one way or the other from here. It's not entirely clear if the Torah here is from Re'eu or if it's simply because they are not guilty for uh, negligence in watching, in watching their acts. But Al Kapanim, so if there is stuff damaged, they are Pater. Someone damaged them, they are Chai. Says the Mishnah, so what happens? I mean, it's bad for society if we have these oxen that belong to these people without das that's doing damage. So basically, the court will appoint an agent to watch over the ox, and the court will accept testimony about the ox in the presence of the agent. Now, normally, the warning has to be done, so what, however, what we're saying is that the shliach, the agent that the court appoints, is considered like the bailam at that point, and then they can, um, they can accept testimony. Now, the Gemara is going to note that it really seems to be a contradiction from what we just said. It was mashma before that they're potter, meaning that we don't do anything to, to collect from them. Rashi explained previously that the mission was referring to, to, to even a shar, a shar tam, and the Tana holds that the, 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 the that we will not collect that shar tam away from the chayr shayt if it does damage. Here, the mission suddenly sounds like we're appointing a court agent to watch over the ox and warning, which implies that there will be collections that are going on. So the gemara the gemara is going to to deal with that. What exactly happens? Uh, with the shliach based in continues the mishnah. What happens if let's say? The, the agent was supposed to watch it, didn't watch it, it happens three times, so the animal then would become a muad, as the mission just alluded to. So now, now that it's a muad, suddenly the deaf mute is, gets das. He's able now to hear, he's able to speak, and Shpata Shoto, the deranged person gains sanity, or the minor becomes an adult. So this, the shaila in front of us is, I have a sharp muad, but now it became a muad by, per, by someone who it's not owned by now at this point. In other words, it became a muad by the, by the agent. Now the kid grows up, and the question is, does it still, is it still a Shar Muad? Or do we say that since it ch- switches ownership at this point, it, then it switches because the person who now is going to be watching it, he wasn't the one who violated the warnings. So that's a machlokas tanoam. Chazal tamus is the mayor. According to the mayor, the Muad Atsu loses its tam, its tam status. Now it has a Shino in the ownership. It loses the Muad status. It reverts back to being a Tam. It only pay Chatzin Asko. No, it's the same Muad state. The animal didn't change. The animal is the same animal. So therefore... If, the, if it were damaged now, even once by this kid who just grew up, it would still pay Nezik Shalit. Continues the Mishnah, a completely unrelated point. An ox that's used 
um, in, 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 in sporting to kill, which is like, you know, the, 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 the ox or bullfighting sort of, sort of idea. So if it ends up killing a person, it's not liable to death. Shinamar, it says here by the, by the death penalty for an, for an animal that kills, ki yigach, gore implies v'lo not when it's caused to gore. So basically, they, 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 they train those animals for fighting. So if it would be like that, then um, it, caught, it was compelled, it was caused to, to, to damage and to hurt, and therefore it's not put to death. Whether or not it pays for damages, if it gores another ox under such a circumstance where it's in a fight, it's caused, it's trained to be in a fight, that's a dispute here um, in the Rishonim. Okay, says the Gemara. How gufa kasher? There's a contradiction from one line to the next in the Mishnah. First, we say Amr Shoshal Cheshul Dukat Shnagol Shoshal Pikach Potter. It sounds like unequivocally the ox of Cheshul Dukat and the damages the ox of a person with us is Potter. What do you say to the Potter? Alma ein ein mamidin apatrabes latam legvus migufa. We see we see from here a big yisoid even. If we would appoint an agent, right? Of course, why wouldn't we appoint an agent? We want to protect the society. But even if we would appoint an, an agent to watch the ox, but if it would if it, if it would gore, Basin is not going to collect it away from the ownership of the Chayrushites Vakatan. That must be what we're, what, we're, what we're bringing out from the Mishnah. Even if we appoint an Apatropos, but there's still going to be a Torah. There's, there's never going to be a compensation from the Guf Abehema. Problem with that is, right? The next line of the Mishnah seems to be saying that we do make an agent to watch over the ox, and presumably, that means that we would allow the Nizik then to collect the half damage payment from the animal's body. Notice the Pshat is the agent is watching it, so now it has like Ilu, it has a Bailam who's, who's, who's negligible, who asked who was responsible for, for it goring, and now the Nizik would be Govez. So the Gemara is, even though it's not an explicit question, but the Gemara is drawing off what the Mishnah like implies. First, the, the spirit of the Mishnah is that, you know, the Cheshire of God is Potter. We're not going to take it away from them. Then we get to the idea that, no, there's a new, you know, there's a new Bailam, the agent that the court appoints to watch it. There's the, they're, the, they're the ones responsible, which would imply, therefore, that the Nizik has a right to collect. So which one is it? Now, what would, if there would be truth that we wouldn't collect away the, 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 the Gufa Behema, that belongs to Kheshad, what would the reason be? Why talk or not? If we have an agent who's watching it, why not? So Rashi is foreshadowing based upon the Gemara. Later, Rashi says that in general, Basin doesn't collect Matavlan away from Yazomim. Tosos has a different idea. Tosos has a fascinating Svara. We see the Torah's make up with a short time that it only pays half damages. So we can, we, we're guided by the Torah that we should be make by a short time. So maybe another one of the coolest of short time is that it's not taken away from an owner who wasn't able to watch it. Maybe, 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 maybe it's a whole different idea from according to Tosos. It's time a Kula that exists by short time that we don't take it away from ownership of someone who was unable to watch it. In Rashi, it's more of a technicality, more of a loophole within the law that Basin doesn't take metaltolin away from the property of Yisobim, as the Gemara will get into that in a little bit. Anyways, Al-Kapanam said the Gemara clears up uh, the contradiction. This is what the Mishnah is alluding to. Really, we don't, we don't want to collect it away from Yisobim. But what happens is, if they become established as gores, and it's, it's a problem in society, and then we have agents to watch over the house, and then we accept testimony in the presence of the agent, they become a ki'ilu, the owner, and then that will help to make the ox a muat. Not that I will, it will help to collect the, the, the guf hashar, while was it time? No, that would never would do. But if it repeatedly gores, 
And even though it was worn and the agent still didn't watch it, then if it gores again, there will be an obligation to pay full damages. So notice the point of the agent is never going to be to collect the half damages in the case of the dam. The point is going to be to establish that the animal can become a wood. If we wouldn't report the gored agent, so we can never become a wood. It has to be worn in front of the owner. So the point that, 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 that the, the, of the agent is that it will establish what the true what the true nature here is of the ox, and then that will make it that it's a, if it becomes a muad, then there will be a collection uh, min aliyah. So, so to summarize, to collect miguf ashar, ashar that belongs to Cheshit of and that you never do. Even if the court is trying to afford an agent to watch it, no, we're never going to collect the guf ashar. The whole point of, of, the, of the agents and a warning will be to establish it at that point as a muad, and once it's a muad, then there would be a collection. Oh, so now the Gemara wants to know, whose property would we take away? Meaning, we just established we we're never going to take away the Gufashar from the Yisomim. That much is clear. But when, if it establishes as a Muad, so then it's, we just said that the Nafkabina will be, if it goes again, it will pay Nezik Shalom and Aliyah. But who exactly is paying? Are we taking away from the orphan's property? Or are we going to take away from the Apatropos' property? The Yisomim have to pay. No, the Apatropos is the one who has to pay. The Gemara explains. Well, Gemara will get to what the Sfars are. So first, the Gemara just has a problem in Rabbi Yochanan being the opinion that we take from the Yisomim. Court never involves itself to collect a debt from the property of minor orphans. Meaning, orphans could be responsible if they're adults. But if they're minors... We don't take away um, the, 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 the miner's property, unless there are interest, payment, interest payments that are consuming it, meaning in a case where there's interest. And because it's not, the debt is not being paid off, it more and more is being, um, it's becoming indebted, so then Basin will step up and take care of it, uh, make a collection out to stop the rivers from going up. Not only that, but a second case as well. For the ksuba, the woman, because of the support payments, meaning until they pay off the ksuba, so then the estate, um, is also mechuyiv to pay to the, 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 the value of sustenance, that, that, that which the, the, the widow needs to eat. So that's also kind of like interest because it's just going up, going up and up and up. So better to make a set payment of the ksuba now so then that cuts her off and then she, doesn't, she is not entitled to sustenance anymore. So those are the two cases, the two anomalous cases where the basin will get involved and collect from the property of minor orphans. But generally, we don't collect debts from the property of minor orphans. So if that's a rule from Rabbi Yochanan, so what is Rabbi Yochanan saying over here that damage is taken from their property? How could that be? Presumably, the reason why we don't normally take from minor orphans is because they're not, their debts are, debt, the idea of paying a debt is a mitzvah, and Yosemim are too young. They're not obligated. If they're minors, they're too young. They're not obligated in that. That's why we wouldn't concern ourselves. So how come over here, Rabbi Yochanan is saying that we take it from the Yosemim? Says the more we flip the opinions. You're right. It doesn't stand. We have to flip it. Rabbi Yochanan, we take it from the, from, the, from the Apotropis, from the agent who didn't watch We take it from the orphans. So now it's good. Rabbi Yochanan is the one who's saying we take it from the agent, not the one who's taking it from, his, from the orphans. And therefore, the two things from Rabbi Yochanan are in a contradiction. Just in order to make sure Rabbi Yochanan didn't contradict himself, now we made Rabbi Yochanan is making a mistake. In other words, we don't want to leave, we don't want to make him say we take from the Yisomim if we don't think that's true. He was a judge. He got to the depths of the law. So therefore, he wouldn't make the orphans pay. In other words, if we think that's a truth, that orphans, young minor orphans don't pay debt, so then what, what do we gain? Okay, it's not a steer in Rabbi Yochanan, but we just made other opinion into something we can't understand. So the Gemara says, you don't have to flip any opinions. Rabbi Yochanan could be the one that we keep, that we collect from the minors. Umazik shiny is different by someone who damages. Even though generally we don't, we don't collect that from orphans, but when the property of the orphans may damage, then he does allow it. What's the pshat? 
so it seems from the Rishonim that the Pshat is because we, it's for the, bet, the betterment of society here. We want to make an agent, and if we're going to say that an agent has to pay if he's not careful, then no one will want to be an agent. So it's for the betterment of society to say that it's in everyone's you know, interest that instead of the Apatropa's paying, so then the, we'll take it from, from the kid's property. And that's what the Gemara now alludes to. At least some we take from the Apatropa's, if you'll say, we'll take from the agent, no one will... Uh, no one will accept a job. People will refuse and they won't become agents because they don't want to have to pay damages. So, and we have this problem that the animals are going to be damaging. We take for the apotropis, in front of me, godly, and then they'll go back and collect from the orphans when they become adults. That's the way we solve it. Now, there's in the moment, we don't collect that from the Yusum, but when they, we, we'll make the apotropis pay. But later, when the Yusum grow up, then they will pay back the Yusum for, for what happened. Okay, so now just. To make a quick point here, I think this is important. When we see always the big chakir in Babakama is that why do you pay when your ox does damage? The big chakir in the Akhrenim is, is there a say that you pay for the damage of your moment? Or is it that when a person doesn't watch something, he should watch, so that really holds him responsible for the damage? And it seems very clear from this Gemara, the Akhrenim cite this as a source, that it's the chi of Shmira, it's not the ownership, because the Apotropos is not the owner. But we're holding him responsible to pay, make Radin, because of the fact that the chi of Shmira is mutal on him, so the fact that he was negligent and the ox still did damage, we see it as if, you know, he caused that damage to be, and that's why he pays. The only tzad to collect from the Yisomim, as the Gemara alluded to, is because or else people will refuse. And they won't, uh, they, they won't allow themselves to take the job as being an agent. All right, now we go back to the main point that we said, that if the case was a Tom, then the appointment of an agent will not allow the Nizik to collect damages from the Guf HaBehema. The whole idea of the, of the agent is only that it could become a Muad and payment Aliyah. But you will never collect from, from, from the Tom status, Migufo. So now the Gemara tells us, actually, this issue of whether the court appoints an agent in the case of a Tom to collect from the animal's body is totally the Machlekes Tanoam. The Tanya says in a price, Sharshan uh, Shaka by Law, an ox, that the owner became deaf and mute, and Shatu by Lim, or the owner became deranged. Or the owner just you know, abandoned the ox as, as they went overseas. So the ox is all alone in the court. So what's the halacha? Yudim ben Nikusa, Omar Samchus. Yudim ben Nikusa says over the name of Samchus, Hareel Tamuso. It remains bit Tamuso in the Tom state. We'll explain what that means. Ajit with Nebailam until witnesses testify the presence of the owners. We appoint an agent and we accept testimony in front of the agent. Now, continues the, the bride. So, if the deaf mute regains hearing and speech, the deranged person becomes sane, the kid grows up. The owner returns from Medina Sayyam. It returns back to being a Tom. It sounds like even if it became a Muad, but now that the ownership changes, so it reverts back to being a Tom. We have to have testimony in front of the owner. And the change in ownership changes the status of the animal. No, it remains in the Muad state. So we have two points that we're discussing. Number one, when the owner is not here, whether or not we appoint an agent, um, appoint an agent over it. And the second point is... Uh, is, is whether or not after after it became a muad and now now the owner comes back and reverts back to being Tom. So the Gemara therefore analyzes that the two things don't work here. Amri, they said, my baby Tamusa Gamar Sumchus. What was Sumchus's point? That it always remains with Tamusa when the owner is not here. Even with Lomi Eid Cloud, if you say it means that the owner can't become a muad at all, it always remains a Tom. Clearly, we don't know that way. Now, it's simply understood if you just look there, Harebi Tamusa means we don't appoint an agent at all. It cannot become a muad. There's nothing. We don't get involved at all. But we know that's not true. Because the second discussion in the Brisa, 
from the second part that said over in the name of Sunchas himself, that when the owner comes back or regains sanity, whatever the case was, it return, reverts back to being a tam. Clearly, it originally had become a wood. You don't discuss if it reverts back to being a tam if it didn't first become a muad. So clearly, he agrees that we do appoint some sort of agent and it will become a muad. So what did he mean that it is a tam? What does he mean it remains tam? It remains a complete. Betumimus means in its entirety, meaning it completely is still owned by the mazik. It means we don't take away his ownership by making it pay the half damage nizakin from the guf abema the first three times. That's the issue. Of course, we appoint an agent. That's not the, what the dispute is in the beginning. The issue is whether after we appoint the agent, Will there be a gvia? Will there be a collection from the guf abehema uh, if the animal does da- damage? That's the first dispute. The first, that's what the Sumchus is saying, that even though we pick an agent to watch it, we will not collect the half damages from the animal's body while it is a top. Come along the Chachamim, no. We do make an agent. And we accept testimony about it in front of him. They're coming to argue on that point itself. The Chachamim are saying that we do appoint the agent not only to watch it, but if there's damages which occur while it's a tom, we would collect from the animal's body. So that's the first issue. And we see very clearly that it's a machlokas tanam. Well, we said our mission holds that we're not going migufo. In reality, there's a machlokas about it. We say in the second part, what is they disagree about? Now we're saying everyone agrees it could become a muad if we have an agent who didn't watch it three times. So now what's the issue if the kid grew up, if the person came back from Dina Siyam, whether or not it's a tam? They're arguing about whether coming under a new jurisdiction of ownership changes the status of the ox. Some that's the Machlekes. The Pashas and the Svaras that the new owner can argue that if I would have been in charge, I would have guarded it better and never would have become a Muad. Therefore, it's not fair that the Muad status automatically continues into my <coughs> new jurisdiction. Continues the Gemara. Tanarabana. Same issue, new names, new variables. Tanarabana. What happens if the ox of a Cheshit does damage? Of course, Rabbi Yaakov pays half damages. So the language is that Rabbi Yaakov himself is paying. It doesn't say his opinion is, it says he pays. So the Gemara clearly, clearly says that's wrong. Rabbi Yaakov didn't do anything. Rabbi Yaakov says, the owner has to pay the half damages. So the Gemara analyzes what is the case here where we're saying the Cheshit has to pay half damages. But my scheme, even Tom Shita, if we're dealing with the time, it's obvious that he pays half, uh, half damages. The Kulihamanami, Chetzinazek, Udimashal. Because everyone else, too, not only do these people have to pay Chetzinazek for it. So, what's going on? Rashi says, if he's speaking about a time, there's no Chiddush to say he should pay. Just say that you pay, and we would know it's Chetzinazek. In other words, the problem is, why are you saying he pays Chetzinazek? You just say he pays if he's talking about a time. Like that, it's, not, it's not much of a Chiddush here. But Taisus says very schwer. Maybe his point is to tell us that he's talking about a time. In other words, the Chiddush is that we're, we're going to appoint an agent to be gove, the damage is migufa, which we just said was a very controversial issue. But again, Taisu says, let him just say chayav, and we would know it's tam, because if it's muad, we know it's obvious. As we spoke about before, everyone knows that once it becomes a muad, you pay. Who pays me is a question, but there certainly is a chayav. So he didn't have to say you pay half damages. That's, the, that's what we're focusing on. He could have just said you pay, we would know exactly what's going on, that it's talking about even when it's a tam, and that because there's an agent, you're still going to be go for migufo. He would have made his point very clear. So the fact that he says half damages, something is off. Even muad, if you're going to say he's dealing with a muad, so what's pshat? You would only pay half. If there was a proper guarding that was done by the agent, clock, although by the shulman, you shouldn't have to pay at all. If someone guards in a superior way and it still breaks out, let's say at night or, or something like that, thieves knock down a fence and it comes out, so you should be exempt from everything. You don't you shouldn't have to pay at all. 
if the agent didn't do a good guarding of cool then you should be paying the whole nezek. Where do we get if it would be a muad that you'd pay half? So Rabbi Yaakov says, you pay half. He's talking about Tom. He should just say chayv. He doesn't have to say pay half. Of course, we know Tom, Tom pays half. And if he's talking about a muad, where do we get a compromise of paying half as opposed to either being totally positive or being totally chayv? Actually, we're talking about a muad. Normally, muad, when you don't watch it, you pay full. But now we get into a very interesting point. There are different levels of guarding. One of the biggest ironies of Rabbi Yehuda Shita, two Yisaitis of Rabbi Yehuda. Let's give a little introduction. Yisait number one of Rabbi Yehuda, which is Darshanda from Silkin later, is that the liability for a Shartam is even less you do a superior guarding. This halacha that you pay chetzi nezek is that even if you did a minimal amount of guarding, but unless you did a superior one, which will be defined later in the Masechta, you're chayat to pay chetzi nezek. But ironically, for a muad, you can't make this stuff up. We'll see this is based upon psukim. Even a shmir pchusa, even a minimal lesser guarding, patas you completely. So you, for a tam, unless you did the superior guarding, you have to pay chetzi nezek. For a muad, as long as you do the lesser guarding, you're totally patas. That's one you say from Rabbi Yehuda. A second you say from Rabbi Yehuda is that we know tam pays chetzi nezek, muad pays nezek shalim. Rabbi Yehuda holds which means that a muad's payment is the same half payment of tam, just an additional half payment of muad. It's not a new payment of nezek shalim of muad, but rather a tam, uh, the same exact half that a tam would pay still is there. That still remains. And then in addition, there's another half payment which comes uh, for muad. Those are the two biggest sides of of Rabbi Yehuda. So now the Gemara clarifies how we ever have a Mu'ad who's paying half. What's the case? That this owner had done through the agent, what was done was a lesser guarding. But we didn't do the superior guarding. Like a basic case, he closed the door in front of it and uh, a regular wind wouldn't knock it down, but a stronger wind would. So he did a minimal guarding. We hold that the time portion of a muad ox remains in its part. A muad's payment has two parts, the time portion and the muad portion. Even if you're positive in the muad portion, you could still be liable to pay for the time portion. Even a lesser guarding suffices. So since the guy that might have closed the door, he's exempt from paying for muad damages. However, the time portion still remains in its place. So you're liable for the half damages of time because you didn't do the superior one. So he closed the door, but, but not in a way it would protect from a strong wind. So the half damages of Tom are still from Komo Medes. But the half the half damages from Muad he's not liable to because Lamaisi he closed the door. In addition, some of the and, and even though it was owned by Khair Shot the Katan, the Savala Karabanon for a case of time, the court appoints an agent to collect the half damages even from the animal's body. So that's what's going on here. You have a case of a chayr that is paying half damages. The case is, as you said, you did a shmir plusa, not shmir meula. We all like Rabbi Yehuda. There's three things you need to get together here. Number one is you have to hold, like Rabbi Yehuda, that sat times from Kulam Number two is that you have to hold that shmir meula. Shmir plus apathis from 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 muad payments, but not for tam payments. And uh, and the third point is that we hold that even to be govim from the gufa beima, we'll do that away from the kitanim's uh, ox. So the Gemara now has a problem with this because that all assumes that Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yehuda. Don't Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda actually argue? Atani says in Brisa, here's a second Brisa. Rabbi Yehuda mechayev. Rabbi Yaakov mechatzin has mishalmi only pay half damages. So we actually. Have a price, so Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yudah are disagreeing about something. Uh, so it seems to be there's a dispute 
Rabbi Yudah is saying they pay, and Rabbi Yaakov says they only pay half. So what exactly was going on? How could we just say that Rabbi Yaakov came from Rabbi Yudah where there is a dispute? No, there's no dispute over there. Rabbi Yudah was saying, Rabbi Yaakov was explaining. Rabbi Yudah said, Rabbi Yaakov clarifies Rabbi Yudah only meant half. And Fakarit is all based upon Rabbi Yehuda's own Yusaitis of Sa'at Thomas from Komo Medes and the idea of that Ishmir Khus was on an Ishmir Meula. And in addition, that based on Mamidun Apatropos Latam Lakavos Migufo. So there's actually no dispute in that second price. Rabbi Yaakov was clarifying the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Says the Gemara. Clearly, what happened was Abai thought there was a dispute. Well, Abai, Tamar Pligi, but my Pligi, what would the issue have been? Meaning, let's look at that second price. The second price says, Rabbi Yaakov says half damages. Abai thought there was a dispute. That means seemingly Rabbi Yaakov holds the pay full. Rabbi Yaakov holds only Chatzin. What's the case where you would have such a machlaikas? Like, Monavshach. Obviously, Tom, you're not going to pay Nezak Shalim. And if it would be a Muad, so if it was entirely unguarded, so everyone should agree you pay full damages. And if it was guarded, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't pay more than half. What, what could be the machlekes here? So Amalach, Abai would explain, what was the case with The case was a Muad where the owner did not watch it, did not watch it at all. And therefore, it makes sense that you should be paying full damages. What's the Pshar? Yaakov says half. The Pshar is, Yaakov like Rebuta Bechada Bala Bechada. He holds like Rebuta in one ruling, but disagrees with him in terms of another ruling. Zavak Rebuta Bechada, he holds like Rebuta in one deal. Rebuta holds that the Tom portion of the Muda Ox remains in his place, and Rebuta agrees with that. But he argues on another point. Rebuta holds that we collect the Tom part, Migufo. Even by a Cheshach of a Katan. The Apatropos that we were bring in will allow the Nizik to collect the half damage from the animal's body. However, that we don't do that. So now it's a case of Muad and was entirely not watched. So now, Rabbi Yaakov is going to say that the, 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 this Shliach who didn't watch it, the Apatrabas didn't watch it, is only going to be on the Muad part of the animal. You're only going to pay the half damages of the Muad because the other half of Tzad Tamos, we're not, we're not Gove. You're not Gove from an Apatrabas. So just to clarify what's going on, Again, there are three points that are that, that we meant, we touched on before. Tzatamas from Komo Medesh, Shmir Pusa, and Bingov and Migufo, the Tamas. Now, at this point, in Abai's view, in the second Brisa, you don't need that Shmir Pusa thing because it wasn't watched at all. But the issue still is, since Rabbi Yudah holds Tzatamas from Komo Medesh, so the Muad payment is really half Tam Govim from the Gov and half payment from Minha Aliyah. So Rabbi Yudah holds based in his Maimon and Apatropos to Tamil Gavos Migufo. So he has no problem saying you collect full. The half of the Thomas from Koma Medes and in addition the half for, for, for Muad. But Rabbi Yaakov says, no, I only think you're going to collect the half payment for Muad, but not the half payment for Tom because he holds, based in his not Maimon and Apatropos to be Gova the Tom Migufo. So that's what Abai thought. And that's why Abai was thinking that Rabbi Yaakov does not agree that based in Maimon and Apatropos to Tom Gavos Migufo, which is the reason why he got nervous from the first price of Rabbi Yaakov Misham Nezek because he thought he saw here that Rabbi Yaakov was different. So we came out we were trying to say different. Ravah was trying to say very different that the second price as well is just an explanation where Rabbi Yaakov was explaining Rabbi Yudah is also talking about a case where it was the Shmir Puzan and Shmir Mullah and Mamash the opposite. Rabbi Yaakov does hold that based in his Maimon Apatrabis Latam, Lugavos Migufo. So now the Gemara, so it just it comes out there's a is there in that price. Ravah thought he was talking about a Muad. Like Abaye, who said that Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yudah disagree, all is good. Uh, it, it makes sense. Rabbi Yaakov holds, we're not mind with the, the basin, is not mind with the for the time, like was Mikufo, 
And that's why it was only Chatzinezek on the Mur. El, Rav, I'm completely according to Rav, that they don't disagree. We do appoint the agent for the case of the time. So what, what happened here? I, the prize was talking about a wacky case. It was talking about a case of Umuad, and it was Shmir Pchusa, and that's how you only end up with half, with half Nezek, because of all three Yisraelites put together. Shouldn't we ask a simple question? If all we're coming to bring out is the Chiddush, that based in his mind, instead of talking about a Muvarat, speak about a regular Tam, and speak about a case where the, where the, correct, the correct amount of Shmir was not done, and just say you pay half damages, who says that you need Shmir Meula for a Tam, will say you didn't do a Shmir really, you only did a Shmir Meula, that Shmir Pekusa suffices for a time to love a Shmir Cloud, where you didn't do any, 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 any Shmir. So why don't we just, in other words, why don't we just like simplify the point? Why talk about a Mu'ad, but make it all fact with three Yisraelis in order to get a Chetzinez, just talk about a time and uh, bring out the point that you collect half damages where the, where the correct Shmir was not done. Now the Gemara just brings that Machlokas where what degree of Shmir a time needs the time. Or Blasman Yaakov Omer, Achatam, Achamusha, Shemash, Shmir Pekusa, Petur, and Shmir Pekusa suffices for both a time and a Mu'ad. And uh, we see a quote from Yaakov, but time requires nothing more than a lesser gardening. So, anyways, we get back to the question. And if we just say, would we talk about a time, Yaakov would tell us that the main point that that Apatropis, that we're going to appoint, once we appoint him, then the ramification will be, will be go over the Gufashar for the half damages. So, the point that we're asking is, according to this whole lump, this whole Sar of Rava, where there's three Yisraelites lumped lump together, and the case of Shemir Pusa, not Shemir Meula, so you're only paying for the Tam Chilak, not the Muad Chilak. And also, you see that based on Mamma and Apatrobus, the Tam Lakavos Migufo, why not just talk about a Tam and just bring out the third point? So the Gemara says, This is what Rav is trying to say. Rav wants to tell us a case that has many novelties. And you're right. If we would have just talked about a time, you'd see that basic point. But we actually prefer speaking about a muad because if we speak about a muad, then you kind of get everything. You get all those, you say this, oh, he still says, what in the world is the case? And then you start figuring everything out. Case was a shmir pchuso, not a shmir meula, and you hold like Rabbi Yisrael Tam is going to the mess. In addition, you hold based in Mamre Apatrabas Latam Lagvos Migufa. Okay, now the Gemara is defended. Rabbi, now we go back to a bias challenge. A bias was trying to show from the price that Rabbi Yehuda disagreed. So, so, so now the Gemara <coughs> gives another answer to that. So the first answer was that Rabbi Yehuda was explaining Rabbi Yehuda. Now the Gemara gives a second explanation. Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shush Mishani Binah. That in the second price, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda were disagreeing about a different point about. Whether a change in ownership changes the ox's legal status. Going to Avimud, like it was a Muad, Mishpaka Chacherish, Mishpata Shotvik, Lokatan, the cases that the Cherish got back his sanity, Shotvik got back his sanity, the kid grew up. So now the jurisdiction is shifting from the agent back to the owner. Now we're arguing with Yudah, Savar Rehob, Cheskos, so the ox remains a Muad, so you pay full damages, but Yaakov Savar Shush Mishana, therefore reverts back to being a time and you only pay half. So that could be what the second price was talking about. Really, with Yaakov and Rehob are on the same page. That when there is a base in Mamila Apatrabas, Latam, Lukvas Mikufo, is the first price it was talking about. But in the case of Chetzi Nezek, where it was a Muad, but a Shmir was done like Rabbi Huda Shita, that's that Thomas from Komomedes. The second prize was referring to a dispute about Roshos Mishana, if it would revert from being a Muad over to a Tom. So, to make a summary here of the whole uh, daf that we learned, basically, if they get damaged, the person has to pay them. If they damage, the Mishnah says they are potter. And we understood when the Mishnah means they are potter, that even though we appoint an agent, will never be go for the guf abhema away. Uh, from the Chayr Shatif Gotten for their minor property. Taisus holds it's just Tam Akula, the laws of Tam that Rashi holds is because we don't take away movables from, from the, the property of Yisayim. 
<coughs> However, we definitely are mimer apatropos that it could become a muad. If it becomes a muad, who pays? Machlokas hamaram in the Gemara. If the apatropos pays or if the kids pay, exactly takanos lachamim, which is made. Then the Gemara, the Amun Beis, realizes that really this issue of the whether or not after the apatropos and it gores and it's still a time whether or not you're good from the gufa beima in truth is a machlokas danom. And we also see some fascinating lumdas about how a muad pays a muad. Is it the tam half plus half plus another half, or is it an entirely new thing? Machlokas tanom about whether or not a tam requires a superior amount of shmirah and working out exactly what is everyone she does. Another point that we learn is a machlokas tanom if the after an animal becomes a muad and then it changes ownership, whether or not the new owner gets a new warnings he's entitled to it until that it reverts back to being a tam, or if the status is already established to be a muad, then it remains a muad.